0: there are now data employing a new mineralocorticoid antagonist called finerenone. This is a, a non-steroidal uh, drug. It's a unique drug that has this unique uh, structure as compared to spironolactone. It also has a very short half-life and this Fidelio DKD study was uh, recently published. Basically, a large cohort of individuals were screened and then 5,000 or so subjects were randomized to either receive finerenone on top of standard of care. And what I mean by that, these patients were all on renin, antigen system blockers or remained on that standard of care. The primary outcome was a kidney outcome looking at further reductions in GFR uh, need for dialysis or renal death, and a secondary outcome looking at cardiovascular uh, benefits. So the primary outcome, again, was a kidney outcome. So we're looking at sustained reduction of more than 40% in GFR, need for dialysis or renal death. And notice that the finerenone group had a statistically significant reduction in that primary outcome. I would like to emphasize that finerenone here is being used on top of standard of care and the placebo group all are treated with standard of care, meaning renin, uh, ACE inhibitor, ARBs. So adding this drug seems to confer an additional benefit here over this 48 uh, month period. Here we look at the secondary outcome, which was the cardiovascular component, looking at CV death, non-fatal MI, non-fatal stroke, or hospitalization for heart failure, once again, adding finerenone to a standard of care has additional benefit in this secondary outcome. And this drug is now, has an FDA indication to be utilized as a way to both slow CKD progression and provide cardiovascular benefit in our diabetic patients uh, who have uh, kid, kidney disease. Interestingly, uh, hyperkalemia can occur as you might expect, but it tends to be much less common than what we typically think of with, for example, spironolactone. Many people believe this may be related to the short half-life of this drug as compared to spironolactone, which has a half-life close to 48 hours. Finerenone's half-life is measured in hours. Our various strategies to minimize hyperkalemia include dietary potassium restriction, but remember to do so in a somewhat nuanced way, given that many of the foods that are enriched in potassium are heart healthy. We definitely wanna look at and avoid those medications that we can discontinue without untoward events. So again, avoidance of nonsteroidal anti-inflammatory drugs can be quite useful in minimizing hyperkalemia, avoiding uh, case-bearing diuretics if we are able to, the calcineurin inhibitors, That's not always possible because these are being utilized, for example, in transplant patients. But again, uh, we need to at least be aware of that effect. There's now data actually trying to examine whether these potassium binding drugs can be safely used in the setting of calcineurin inhibitor therapy without altering the drug levels. And again, uh, we now have this new class of agents, uh, pteromir, the zirconium cyclosilicate, which are very well tolerated ways to manage hyperkalemia in the setting of RAS inhibitor use. I would also add that I think the KXLate, the sodium polystyrene sulfonate drug, is a very poorly tolerated agent and not a viable drug to use in the long-term management of hyperkalemia. So let's go back to the uh, case study. So remember the uh, patient had been successfully treated in the hospital. The potassium now had been lowered to a much safer value. Uh, The serum creatinine actually also was uh, back to baseline and the potassium here was even better. So her discharge medications were Carvedilol, uh, a long-acting loop diuretic, the dihydropyridine calcium blocker, a restricted potassium diet. There was communication with the primary care doctor about these uh, changes within one week of discharge. And in fact, uh, the repeat potassium and creatinine were stable. And so the primary care doctor now, recognizing that uh, this patient had a lot of underlying comorbidities that might benefit from an ACE inhibitor did indeed restart the ACE inhibitor with the plan that the potassium would be repeated in two weeks. And if the potassium increased, one could consider again, dietary counseling, but also perhaps consider the use of one of these more novel potassium binding drugs, things like patiromer or zirconium cyclosilicate. The primary care physician, again, with communication from the hospital team was also gonna consider restarting the spironolactone. Again, given the idea that this individual had reduced ejection fraction and would indeed benefit from being on a mineralocorticoid antagonist. So I think this case illustrates the nice communication between the hospital team, the outpatient setting, and the need to at least revisit the idea of restarting drugs that might have cardiovascular benefit, recognizing that we have now strategies that could enable the utilization of these drugs, uh, whereas that was not really feasible before. Some tips for good team care, uh, both the team members as well as the patient, they certainly have the same goal, that is a good outcome. And again, the patient should be involved in the decision-making, and that involves good education to the patient about what's being done and what the potential side effects are. Good communication is absolutely essential between the various healthcare team members, not only while they're within the hospital, but between the team members in the hospital and the outpatient physician so that this revisiting, for example, of uh, the ACE and ARBs can be undertaken. And the patient has to be able to to communicate with the healthcare team uh, at all times.